Hi, my name is. My name is. Are we like live, live right now? Yeah, we live. All right, how y'all doing? My name is Bumby, the Trilogy Rebel UGK for Life, Long Live Pimp C. I'm sitting here with Trill Queen from Third Man, Texas. You had to look at the manager to remember. Yeah, because I might were. say Queen Trill. Oh, my real name is Trill Queen. Queen. All right, true. my bad. I'm sorry. We just trying to help you remember. Third Texas. There you go. All right, wrap it up with a smile. Yeah, I already know the truck buck never gave a fuck. Six three hundred West Airport, Southwest Superman Trail Gladiators, aka Mr. Intro. That's what I like to call it. Real niggas going down. Mr. Intro. Yeah, is the character. Welcome again to another edition of the Trail Talk Podcast. Um, I guess this is number four, really five. Are we gonna do that every time? Or are we just gonna be like this four? Because you know the one that got away. You don't even have to count the numbers because. We actually got another one that got away. It's really five. Because we oh, supposed four. to have. It's really okay, that's, six. Oh, so we six. This is six? Yes. Six. Really, Damn. Happy anniversary. anniversary. Happy anniversary. We in the first grade. Six year anniversary. We in the goddamn first grade. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in as always, man. We don't care if it's 10 or 10,000, which it ain't never going to be 10,000. But we really appreciate y'all tuning in to the Trill Talk podcast. This is a passion project. We don't make no money. Nobody in the room involved in this makes any money from what we're doing right now. We're just doing this to try to educate and elevate. You know, just give y'all a little bit more game and let y'all know what kind of goofy shit we be doing, you know. Um, my wife has a good sense of humor. My boy Truck has a good sense of humor. I'm the straight man, so I, I just Look at kinda, you funny too, man. You got a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah you but, try to pretend that he, yeah. he cracked jokes That nigga funny, I, do. I don't give a fuck with y'all. And whatever y'all think of persona of this nigga, but that nigga is funny. funny. Like but this shit, you sometimes. know what? But this shit was not created Talk for like me. I think Jamaican. motherfuckers know like. Talk like a Jamaican. I'm not finna do all that. Talk like a Jamaican. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and he's Talk a good, like a Jamaican. He's good at personalities. I mean, I saw No, but seriously, this is really. Talk like a Jamaican. This is me being. You know, trying to create an outlet for talk my like wife. Talk like a Jamaican. I'm going to talk like that right now. Okay. <laughs> my dick don't curve like safari. You <laughs> Get it, Fari. But, you know, I, I did want to, you know, show a different side of myself because everybody always, you know, think I'm a, you know, going to kill somebody at any given time. <laughs> Nigga yeah, be plexing. That's on purpose. That's so people don't bother me. Whenever I walk in the room and I don't feel like being bothered that day, I just have that. Every day. Every day. You know what I'm saying? And then people tend to leave me alone. They work real good in Kroger's. And sometimes. Sometimes fans, they try to hit it. Yeah, shit. sometimes like, hey, fuck hey, that. Hey, man, man. Man. Hey, I, I can see you, you know, you having a personal, hey, I don't want to bother you, man. <laughs> But I need I need this picture. I need to get this picture, my nigga. I got to get my go, And then they go straight nice. to video on Snapchat. That's what. Before we get started, I just want to say this: Quit asking for a goddamn picture, shoot video. They chilling with you. I've been wanting to snatch niggas' phones. They chilling with you. No, and I'm not talking about the niggas that walk up already snapping. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to order some Chipotle, and niggas is like, "Hey, we at Chipotle." <laughs> you really gonna be like? No, you getting your wife a vegetarian bottle? I'm, I might get chorizo though, <laughs> on the cool. But I don't want to give niggas yeah. credit for that. Um, and this is real random, but shout out to I didn't get his name. I was in the line for the barbecue championship shit at the rodeo. Somebody bought my ticket, 
And I never got a chance to properly thank. Well, I took pictures True. of her shit like that. Yeah, we got it in free. Yeah. Man, yeah, shout out to our boy. That shit was real. And we sit on the side. And then, yep, and we took yeah. a picture. We was coming out of Pit Maker. Yeah. Shout out to Pit Maker. Did he barbecue. ever get a picture? Yeah, he took his picture. Right, he right, got right, his yeah. picture. But I ain't get his name. But hey. Because that, that, how much a picture was? That was straight $15. 15 that, That's that real. Was $60. $15. That's real. Man. That was y'all. That was a entire meal. All dollars. Is real. Every dollar bill you ever saw in your life is real and necessary. Square business. I wish I still had every dollar, I, every <laughs> every denomination of money I ever saw in my life. I wish I still had all the denomination denominations. That shit was good. That shit was good. What and was the barbecue good? was good Did as shit. Took the barbecue food. I ate a little bit, but I, like I said, so pit makers barbecue. Not only do they do bomb ass barbecue. They have like a fried snack station. That's why they fuck over everybody. I know everybody want to go get a Jack Daniels bandana, you know, and that's live. I, I got one. I got yeah, one. I do too. You know what I'm saying? Everybody want to get that Jack Daniels bandana. But Pit Maker Barbecue got the little fried section. Like they got the meat and the sides and all of that. But then they frying Oreos. Yeah. They frying Twinks. You know how I cheated myself? I didn't realize until after I put our order in that they was frying Snicker bars. Yeah. But I like the fried uh, Twinkie. She likes the fried Twinkie time. more than like a regular. For people that don't like a regular, you don't sit your ass. The people that don't like a regular Twinkie, a fried Twinkie will actually change your opinion on Twinkies. Fried yeah. Twinkie. If I'm not, I had a fried. That was she had. You had fried Oreo. Fried Oreo. Fried Oreo, fried Oreo yeah, is now like the staple at the rodeo. Like if you go out in the food court at the carnival. You'll see a lot of like fried Oreo state people selling fried Oreos. This year was what was the thing they were selling? That shit was good. Fried turkey legs. No, no, it was the the booth that had fried. They was doing fried, deep fried key lime pie. What? For real? Yeah, no shit. Marinate on that shit. Where that was at? That was. They still got the booth. It's this booth that, and they was doing bacon wrap Twinkies and shit like that. Yeah. Deep fried yeah. bacon yeah. wrap Twinkies. So you sip and drink? I mean, come on. Nah, that's alcohol. That's well, a that's fat the boy's cup. dream. That's oh, yeah. the, uh, that's, public that's announcement. The public announcement. Look, Since we from H Town and shit, this is not all. This is alcohol. But that's what people pretend that's what I'm like saying. it that, is. I mean, it's only one cup. You got one styrofoam cup. Nobody think that's all. Man, y'all motherfuckers Don't thought this is all when y'all think I was sipping on. Y'all know. Somebody one cup. They you ain't know it all. They 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 I don't need all but now it off. They seen this weak ass cup. You might as well drink Ain't Your Mama with one <laughs> cup. Hey, look, I got a funny thing. Look, right. So we went to the barbecue shit, and like, I ain't eat the, I ain't just want to eat out of the bar because I know I got a fucked up stomach, right? So I eat the Oreo shit. <laughs> it's fucked up but, stomach means you got the shit. Yeah, I be shitting a lot. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, no, no, we don't want to paint those kind of bitches. But look, uh, what happened? So after we left and shit, I rode with them niggas and shit. I ain't, you know, they dropped by under my car. I ain't want to go in the house taking shit because I know BB hating and shit. You know what I'm saying? You could have so, went on the first floor and took a shit. So I left. I, and, like, you know, at that, that time, it was like 12, so a lot of places closed. It was about like 11 or something. So a lot of places closed. On I don't South know if Bay. I like where this is going. So I had to rush to, like, <laughs> shout out the wing stop on South Bay. They closed at 12 o'clock. So you up, had to run. I went up in that holdout. I swear to God, I would have rushed. Wait, me. so wing stop on Main? Stay over till 12. Stay over till 12, and they right across from Taco Bell. I'm out there remembering. Oh, yeah, South Main. Yeah, you and then them niggas hooked me up. I went out, I spun a little bread for them niggas, you know what I'm saying? Got some boneless wings and shit, but 
And yeah, it's everywhere that they sell music digitally, everywhere that they stream music digitally. And um, we've been getting a real good response, man, from everybody. We want to thank everybody. Real niggas like Chuck Two Trill back there reposting me. Uh, Q reposted me. You know what I'm saying? Nick ain't post me yet, but that's because I don't really post him. So I don't even know where that's coming from. That's like I already know what that's about. Yeah, I know what that's about. Yeah, bitch, I'm rapping too. You got some competition, guys. Them young niggas ain't got no bars for you, but I got some bars for you. Cheers. Cheers. But it's yeah. a good thing to be back in the Cheers. game again, man. You know, I really love not just rapping, but, you know, rap has always been the medium for me to really tell people how I feel about shit. And ever since we was 18, me and Pimp, rest in peace, you know, we've been giving up game and people been, you know, on the same side of what we talking about because it's, it's the real side and it's the other side, you know, and I can only represent one side. And, you know, thank God that, you know, I can still do what I'm doing at a high level. I pretty much cannot rap any nigga that feel like he can rap and write rhymes and all that goofy shit. And like Pimp said, I can put That's money on Pimp that. Yeah, I'm holding my nuts with this shit. You know what I'm saying? No homo, no pause, or none of that shit. But the new single is out, so make sure you check it out. Video coming soon. And, um, you know, from there, we're going to go to what we decided to make a UGK edition. You know, Miss um, Freeman been wanting to do some shit where we just kind of just talk about this UGK shit and let people ask questions, you know what I'm saying? It's always fun to um, give people game about stuff that they want to know, you know. People look at us from the outside looking in and they have, you know, like, hey man, how did y'all feel when y'all did this? And can Nick really rap good? And you know, do Trump Buck always sleep and shit like that? And is Queenie shopping right now? Like right now? No, and Queenie so, is sleeping, is cleaning the made. house, or working out. Uh, she's probably shopping online. Be so much. I may be shopping online, but, but we want to give people an inside view. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of things going on. Academy Awards, Kobe Bryant. You know what I'm saying? Won an Oscar. Jordan Peele. Yeah, Shout out Kobe. to Get Out, man. Jordan Peele, man. It's a good yeah, dude, man. Yeah, Jordan. I'm, I met Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key before, took a picture. Good dudes, humble dudes, they acknowledged what I was doing, I acknowledged what they was doing. You know, God bless him for doing what he did. And um, and so, yeah, so I, I think it's, you know, it's only right that we allow people that follow the podcast to be a part of the podcast. And I thought, what better way to let them be a part of the podcast than to ask UGK questions? Because most of the people that are Bum B fans or UGK fans, they want to know shit about what was happening back in the day and different things between me and Pimp. And, you know, we want to make sure that, that this conversation that we have up here is something that y'all want to talk about from time to time. We tend to hit that note, but this is an opportunity for people to actually ask questions directly to us. So we're streaming live on YouTube. It might be some questions coming up. Twin, is there some questions coming up on YouTube? Not right now, they okay. just coming. Well, fuck y'all for not asking the questions <laughs> on YouTube. But thank y'all for asking questions on um, Instagram. So, Ms. Freeman, you got some uh, question over there that you want to ask? Yeah, I have a hit. Hey, I mean, a question from One Hit Wanda. Wanda. Her name is Wanda. Oh, One, one Hit, hit Wanda. Wanda. All right. That, that's clever. That's a good that's name. That, you know, I, I ain't going to lie. There's some really, really ingenious Twitter names and Instagram names. Like, it's some live shit that people are calling themselves <laughs> on social media. One hit wonder. It, it, hit on one time. One hit wonder. You got one hit, nigga. What did one hit wonder want to know? She wants to know, what do you think pimps would say about the feud, feud 
really? feud ban between 97.9 and Trey, especially after knocking those down and him calling out silly beef between H-Town rappers. Well, for one, this ain't a beef between rappers. This is a beef between entities. You know, I'm Trey the Truth representing, you know, ABN representing Relief Gang and 97.9, which is part of a, you know, national conglomerate. And I want to be careful with my words here because I need 97.9 to play my music, but I'm also not gonna not hold my homeboy down. I held him down on 979. Um, I do think that Pimp would have been like, you know, we gotta get past this kind of shit. How is a Houston radio station not gonna support a Houston artist? And if y'all got some real issues, then go ahead and you know, let it be known or whatever. I don't wanna get too deep into that right now because everybody at 97.9 ain't tripping like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I do think that Pimp would have been saddened by any lack of unity in the city because we need each other. Like a radio station can't do anything if we're not playing, if we're not making the music. We the people that make the music. And a radio station is supposed to play local music. Like there's a federal ordinance where they have to play a certain amount of local music. You know what I'm saying? And, but me being a person that made music in the past is playing on the old school station, I still want to get played on the new station. But that being said, we need to have, you know, a certain understanding, you know? So I support my brother Trey. I know he's going through a lot word. I know he's going through the lawsuit right now with 97.9 and I don't want to say nothing that could mess up his situation or whatever, but I stood with Trey when this all started. I still stand with Trey, you know what I'm saying? At the same time, you know, I support 97.9 as a station you know, and I want my music to get played, but I'm not here to compromise myself just to be accepted. You know, Willie D said a long time ago, we're not kissing no ass to be accepted. Exactly. And and there's a lot more places that if a radio station choose not to play our records or there's other places to, that'll play those, those records. But all that being said, I think Pimp would have been disappointed at everything. And Pimp would have wanted to bring 97.9 and Trade the Truth to the table and have everybody add out so we can move on and move past this kind of situation. Because, you know, artists like Trey, we need local radio behind us, you know, to support us, you know, even though he can still be productive and progressive as an artist at the same time, man, when you here in the city, you represent the city, you rescuing people and shit like that, man, you you do want acknowledgement from the local media, you know? And um, I just hope it's something that we can move past in the future. You know, I think the city want to see us move past. I think the artists want to see us move past. And, you know, we just got to find a way to come to a common ground. You know what I'm saying? How would the how would the city see this come to an end between radio and trade? Well, it's hard to say because there are people that take 97.9 to Boxside and they still listen to the station. They call in. They follow them on social media. So 97.9 not gonna stop doing what they doing. At the same time, there's people that support Trey the Truth. You know what I'm saying? And Trey still had a viable career since this has happened. You know, they're gonna still buy his music. They're gonna stream his music. Got a new album, Hometown Hero, dropping on March 16th. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like they can't exist without each other, but I think it sends a better message to Houston and the city and the culture as a whole if they can coexist. But like I said, it's not just the station as a whole. You know, it's certain people 
on both sides that need to sit down and talk. You know, I, obviously, I guess they ain't gonna talk because it's a lawsuit going on. But communication is key. You know, what I'm saying this is a small town and everybody want to refuge to the same. Yeah, this is small town. This is the city. I'm talking about not small. The culture, the city, the culture, and the, and the, the music. The music industry is a small. Texas it's a small world. When you are all, sixty-nine miles wide. Yeah, but you ain't got the five radio stations. It's small. We ain't got Who that one. The club two on weekends. Same people, right? I don't small see no time. radio station. No, I'm just saying. Houston, Houston is size is the fault. Houston is the biggest yeah, small town in America. I don't even like, know. That's how I feel. Houston is the fourth largest city in America, but as far as the circles that we move in, it's very small. You see the same people everywhere we go. We all trying to do the same thing and move in the same direction. You know what I'm saying? We go to the trainer. We see Hatter. We go in the city. We see Trey. You know, we go everywhere. We see who we see. You know what I'm saying? It's a small town, and we can't be having these kind of situations. But we always see each other. And whenever these kind of things happen, it's never the people that's getting into it. It's never the people that are actually angry at each other. It's always the little people that support them they get jammed up. And like I said, there's people in 97 people that we mess with. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We fuck with people in 97.9. You know what I'm saying? And we would like to believe that people in 97.9 fuck with us. But obviously, really fucking with Trey, you know, sometimes can draw lines in the sand and put people in a position where they feel like, well, I fuck with you, but I don't fuck with that person. So I don't know how far I can fuck with you, but I'm not finna turn my back on you because you don't like him. I'm not finna turn my back on him because he don't like you. Right. My job as an OG is to bring people together and take this city to where we need to be. So at the end of the day, I would I would love to be the medium that could bring 97.9 and trade the truth together. That's what I would like to be. I don't know if there's room for that with a lawsuit going on right now, but I would love to have been that person. And I think Pimp, if Pimp was here, Pimp would have wanted to be that person and maybe he could have been that person before the lawsuit happened. So do you think 97.9 is keeping the city divided? No, Those are not UCK questions. Like I said, it's people I that, it's people that cut. It's H-Town questions. It's people that cut for 97.9 and it's people that cut for Trey. And okay. it just depends on where you stand though. I don't think 97.9 is keeping the city divided because they just don't play his music, but they play everybody else's music. You know what I'm saying? Let's go to another question. Truck buck, truck buck. Oh, Put your uh, phone down, bitch. Yeah. Nah, this is the questions. I got, nigga, I, I, I didn't scream. Well, what, did what did I have no, the media did. block PR people printed? Twins, I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, didn't know. know that That's why I passed that to My bad. He didn't know. I didn't know. I, I passed it to him. He I didn't know who. I understand he didn't know, but I passed it to him. This shit say Trill Talk Podcast question. You just can't do support. Don't get no play today. We got a good, strong team at the media block trying bad, to media block. present exactly. this shit Twins, in the best way I had. Twins, this. no, we not gonna but answer every nineteen questions. No, we not. I thought y'all was gonna pick the question, but I thought y'all. Okay, come on, y'all come on, come on, come on, right. Trump, Trump. Who were the guys that were talking on dirty, uh, riding dirty skits? All right, I get this all the time. Yeah. Um, for people that know me personally that have known me over the years, a lot of people thought that was me. I do a lot of different voices and impersonations. I'm, I'm, I'm funny when I'm not, you know, mugging niggas. And that's why she keep wanting me to ask, asking me to want to do voices and shit like that, because I, I tend to imitate people. But these were actually people, so here's what happened. We had an artist named Smoke D. 
Smoke D is the second verse on front, back, side to side. He was the first artist that UGK decided we was gonna put out, we put him on the album. Smoke D called himself in a situation where it was him or the other people. He chose him, he ended up going to jail. And when he was in jail, we sent him a DAT machine, a portable DAT machine. So basically like a Walkman, um, for those that are old enough to know the Walkman, like a cassette player that can record. Like Home Alone? High definition, but it was high definition. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So we sent him a DAT machine, so he was literally in the prison talking in the DAT machine, acting like it was a Walkman and recording himself. So when you hear him say these niggas in here kissing, he literally walking the tier in the penitentiary and seeing men kissing in their cell. Now, when you hear the, the, there's like a dude of like a Mexican dude in there, he's really actually Colombian. And so people think these are skits, it, that we in the studio doing these skits, but this is actually a Colombian that was locked up because somebody snitched on him. And there's like, I don't know if we put it on the album, but it's like, we had a, he was like, I tried to help the black guy, you know, and put them on and give them help, and then they get caught and they, they snitch and they tell on me, and now I'm in here with you, you know? So it's like, we are really actually playing people who are locked down in a penitentiary, you know what I'm saying? So that's who that is, that's Smoke D, and that's somebody that's probably still in the penitentiary <laughs> right now because somebody told on it. But, um, and so we took all his skits and we had some young producers, I can't remember their names, some young producers that Pimp was working with. So all the beats on Riding Dirty and all the music is produced by Pimp, except for three in the, well, not three in the morning, it's um, goddamn, which one did Sergio do? Good stuff. Our homeboy Sergio, that was, Sergio was with Rick and them, with Roy Flush and them. Sergio okay. produced good stuff. And DMD, well, that was 316, but everything else was pretty much produced by Pimp. Okay. And so all the beats for us was produced by Pimp, but then the skits were produced by these young up-and-coming producers that Pimp had, and we literally got the dad tape, like he mailed us the dad tape home, and we took the shit that he was saying. It was like, it was hours of shit that he would have recorded in the penitentiary. Some of it, people still ain't ready to hear how real jail and prison is. But we took some of the shit that fit along the theme of the shit that we was talking about on Riding Dirty. So when you hear him talking about, fuck these motherfuckers, they just snitches. He was talking about niggas that had actually snitched on him and put him in prison. So he's like, fuck them, we just need to kill him, that's all. That, you know, people thought that was me because I can, I can sound like the shit. But that's what that was. That was actually our artist, Smoke D. And shout out to Smoke, because Smoke is home now. And um, back in Jackson, Mississippi, I talked to him all the time. He actually just sent me some music last week for me to jump on. And um, so that's who that was, talking on the skits on Riding Dirt. Make it Actual easy. real people in prison, walking around with a mini deck machine recording themselves, talking about what they seen as they walked the tip. Ms. Freeman, you got a question? Hold up, truck, before we get there, who asked that question? What was the Instagram um, name? We want to make sure and give everybody that actually took the time to comment on the post and uh, send us a question. We want to give them credit like we did Joe, Wanda. 713, G-O-B-E, 713. That's what's up. Thank you okay, for that question. Ms. Freeman, so what you got? at love underscore it underscore main. Love it, man. Love it, man. Man. Who was Pimp talking about in 316? Damn, who was Pimp talking about? It might still be under 
we might not still be cool to talk about who it is, because I don't want to give up too much type of shit. Damn. Um, but bitch nigga steals. Verse? Bitch nigga steal. That's the that's the whole thing. And what album was this on? 316's 316's was on Super Tight. I won't say no names, right? But we had another group that we was working with that we was getting ready to put out. And they were very anxious about getting ready to be put out. And so we went on the road and did some shows. And while we was gone, they broke in the crib and took, and took the music that we produced for them. The problem was they took it to somebody to reproduce. Basically, we... When producers make music, and it's different now because everything is Pro Tools, but we were making music on EPS 16s and ASR 10 machines. Producers out there um, that have produced for a while and know what I'm talking about. Basically, we had certain equipment that we produced on. And when you produced on it, you could sequence like the manual told you to sequence, or if you didn't feel like reading the manual like Pimp, you would just figure out your own way to sequence. So Pimp had had um, another friend, I'm not gonna name him because that'll tell too much, but he was a producer. And he sequenced different than the book said. So when they met each other and realized they, how they sequenced, Pimp told the other producer how he did his, and the other producer told Pimp how he did his sequencing for the beat. So when these dudes took the music, they took it to um, the producer that Pimp had talked to. And he tried to do it the way the book said, and it didn't work. And just because he knew the dudes were from Port Arthur, he was like, let me see if this shit worked the way Pimp sequenced his beat. He did it and it automatically popped up. So he was like, these niggas have stole this shit from Pimp. So he was like, nah, I can't really do this. I can't figure out how to get it done, even though he had known how to do it. And then after that, he kind of called and let us know, hey man, these niggas came over here with your music and they, you know, it didn't pop up until I did it like you do your shit, them niggas. So I know who broke in your house, you know what I'm saying? And it turned into some street shit. That's why I don't want to go too deep about it. But um, that that's what, um, what was the question? Well, who was he talking about on 316? He was talking about the people that broke in the, in the house and stole the, the music. That's who he was talking about. And, um, but again, all these old beefs, beefs got squashed, so I don't want to throw niggas under the bus and nothing like that, because these dudes don't even rap no more. You know what I'm saying? People moved on with their life. I moved on with my life. I talked to one of them, you know what I'm saying? Pretty often we in communication again. And um, I ain't trying to throw nobody under the bus. That ain't what this is about. But it was about some artists that, that UGK was working with. I hate that I can't answer all these questions like this. I guess they gotta wait for the book. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna have to kind of do a little more than this in the book. <clears throat> Truck, you got another question? Yeah, what was, you know what I'm saying? Was there any time when y'all had a disagreement or almost separated as a group? What made y'all look past the bullshit? No, <clears throat> the only separation UGK had as a group was Pimp, like physically leaving the free world and going to prison. That's the only separation. I think the, the most unique thing about UGK was the fact that I understood I was the rapper and Pimp was the producer. So I never got in the way of Pimp when it came to making beats. And he was a hell of a producer. There was never a beat that Pimp played for us that I ever got accept, uh, upset about. I used to get mad when he would make beats for other niggas. I'd be like, no. Because I had, that's one thing that people don't know. I've never ever said this before. I had full veto. So if he made a beat for anybody that wasn't us, 
And I said, now we need that beat, Knicks can get that beat. You know what I'm saying? But but outside of that, you know, we knew who we, who we were within the dynamic of the group. Pimp was Yin, I was Yang. You know what I'm saying? We complimented each other. We never argued about shit, never got into it with niggas, with each other about something. He would make a beat, either he had a hook already when he made the beat, uh, I would hear a hook and immediately put a hook to the beat that he made. But any UGK song that was produced by Pimp C, that was an original concept by Pimp. He ran it by me, I was like, that shit tight, let's do that shit. There's still a lot of songs that we did back then that we would come up with the beat, come up with a hook, and then Pimp would be like, niggas ain't ready for this, and cut the machine off and erase everything that we had done. Like, players from the, um, Quit Hating the South had been produced for every UGK album before the album that it came out on. So, Quit Hating the South was a sample from Lattimore that Pimp made during Super Tight, Riding Dirty, Dirty Money, and then eventually the uh, Underground Kings album when he came home. And every time he would make it, he'd be like, man, niggas ain't ready for this. They gonna, see, they gonna feel like we hate them. You know what I'm saying? And it was only after Houston had kind of came to the forefront, Atlanta had came to the forefront, Miami as a collective was starting to come to the forefront. It's like, okay, now we have a legitimate argument because the South literally is making the top music in hip hop right now and people won't acknowledge it. So now we have a legitimate argument that people who ain't from the South can be like, no, the South, yeah, the, the South doing it, quit hating, you know? My bad, that came from uh, your, your dot boy dot Zach 100. You read like Trump. <laughs> That's that true. At Barbara to the Stars wants to know, what was, what did y'all disagree on the most when it came to music? And I, I think the last question kind of answered that. We never disagreed. That's yeah. one thing that was unique about me and Pimp. We never argued in the studio. Now after shows and after he get on stage and talk shit about people, that he ain't tell me nothing about. He Is might. This motherfucking mic on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Number two. But no, that was one thing. Like I said, we was yin and yang, man. We never stepped on each other's toes, and we, it was a very unique relationship with me and Pimp because we ain't like the same clothes. We ain't like the same women. We ain't had the same friends. We have nothing alike but what we represented in in terms of. As, as individuals, as Chad Butler and Bernard Freeman, there was a lot of things that we didn't yeah. see eye to eye on. And the friend situation would become a, a, a big problem later in life. That's something else you'll see for the book. But Pimp C and Bum B, when we got in the studio, I ain't even be like, okay, Pimp, here's what I did. And he'd be like, here's what he did. We already knew it. We was talking about hoes. He like one type of woman, I like another type of woman. So we not finna rap about the same shit. Yeah, because somebody wanted to know was Pimp really into balls? Hold on, you asking a whole other question. You asking a whole other? Can you wait till your question comes? No, I'm just saying. At the same time, yeah, are you gonna let me question. ask? What? I mean, you said the answer. They want somebody wanted to know was he really serious about women with no hair? Yeah. Okay, so we just gonna jump from that question. We're <laughs> talking about it already. No, we're not talking about hair. We're not talking about. Well, we talk about we like different women. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so okay, so, so 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 you telling? Okay, you you doing because if he like women that didn't have hair, then that mean I like women that did have hair. I didn't say that. Uh, I did not say that. 
So do they want to know that he like women with hairy assholes? Yeah, that was a real question. Is that the question? Did he did yeah. he like women with hairy assholes? I, I can't say if he actually liked women with hairy assholes, but I imagine that a lot of the women that he came into contact with um, were, you know, not waxed <laughs> in that area, in the asshole area. <laughs> I'm gonna stop talking to them. Do we um, shout out to Q? Uh, Q Guyton, he's the you know he's the owner and the founder of the Media Block. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he's actually since we're doing this live on YouTube, we have people ask the question live on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, and the question that we answering ain't a question you want to answer, it's people on the computer watching the YouTube. So we have one right now from YouTube Live. People want to know was Pimp C a Nirvana fan? The reason people ask that question because there's a picture that came out that showed Pimp with a Nirvana t-shirt. The reality is that we used to go to Bazaar Bazaar and, and get like, I guess paraphernalia would be the term. Is that drugs? No, it's no. shit that you use to do drugs. <laughs> so, just being real. Welcome to the Trill Talk Podcast. <laughs> and so Bazaar Bazaar, which is on I think Bel Air and Gessner, no, that's high times. High times. No, it's yeah. on. Yeah. High times. That is no. He's high right. Time. High times. Time. So yeah. So that's another place we would go, right? And they not only had the paraphernalia, but they had like all the stoner t-shirts and yeah. shit like that. And we would buy shit like that. And pinball one. And I think it's in the um, "Use Me Up" video that he's wearing a Nirvana t-shirt, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, uh, Pimp was a Nirvana fan. Pimp was. A real music fan, Pimp didn't limit himself to just rap music because he's a producer. So he want to listen to as much as music as possible to see if there's something, some musical element or some kind of break or some kind of pass in the music that would make sense to us talking about some gangster shit. Like before it was UGK, we had a group called 4BM. It was four black ministers, but we spelled minister like M-E-N-A-C-E, menace. And then the stir was S-T-I-R, so it was like ministers stirring up shit. And the concept of four black ministers was rapping nothing but gangster shit over roots rigging. You know what I'm saying? So that's where cocaine in the back of the ride comes from because it's a Bob Marley song, and but we talking about selling cocaine. And we ended up losing the sample because Rita Marley was like, if you want to talk about selling weed, you can talk about that, but Bob wasn't down with cocaine, so I can't let you sample Bob's song. You know what I'm saying? Talking about cocaine. Co so the original version of cocaine in the back of the ride was to a Bob Marley song. And we ended up having to change the sample. But that was one of the songs that came from the black, the four black minister era. Four black ministers was me, Pimp C, the dude that I was in the group in before UGK, which was PA Militia, um, Jalon, and the dude that was actually in UGK with Pimp before me, which was Big Mitch, Mitchell Queen. So we were 4BM and that's where that came from. And what people don't know that you- Tell listen, them that history, nigga. That, no, I'm not, that, that on, people man. don't know that, that you listen to a lot of rock and roll and as I would say, I, I mean, no offense, you know, a lot of crazy shit, whatever like that, but. What you saying? 
I ain't say it's. I mean, for me, I don't jam the shit. So I just say it's crazy. Can I keep shit. it real? But you, I know you be jamming that shit. You know why? Because there's an anger to it. And there's a a passion to it that, for me, I know every rapper damn near. You know what I'm saying? Now it's just hundreds and thousands of rappers that debut every week. But for for the most part, for the reason I listen to, I know all these niggas. I know who real and I know who not. And for me, I can't listen to certain music because I know that the dude making the music ain't really about what he's talking about. I do that shit too. So I listen to music, don't matter the genre, but I listen to music from people that are talking about shit and I'm like, he mean that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what get me crumped. Mm -hmm. So we have a, uh, another question from YouTube. This is from Mike Maldo. Mike Maldo wants to ask what's my favorite non-hip hop band. That's very easy, Maze. And you know, I feel bad for putting Maze above the Isley Brothers. But for me, it's Maze. And the reason I push for Maze is because Maze not only made good music, I'm sorry, I'm apologizing. Maze featuring Frankie Beverly. That's crucial, right? And so the reason it's I have a love for Maze is because Maze has been, I don't think many people even realize this, Maze got blacklisted, right? So the reason that you don't see Maze getting these Lifetime Achievement Awards and all these different awards that they should get because they're, they're just as important and essential as anybody else from the era making music is because they were one of the first people to jump out and speak against South Africa and apartheid. Um, and whenever you question the industry about that, another person that got um, banned in the music industry is, um, damn, look at all these rooms, Timex Social Club. You know what I'm saying? They spoke out against different industry practices and different things in the music industry, and they got kind of blacklisted. Because they, you know, Jay from Time Made Social Club was producing a lot of big hits in the 80s, and they got blacklisted because he spoke his opinion about how he felt who controlled the music industry and why the music industry was going in a certain direction. But Maze actually spoke out against South Africa and apartheid before it was cool to speak out against apartheid. And because they went against the status quo, they got banned. But the people have kept Maze featuring Frankie Beverly alive from them constantly touring, you know, Budweiser Superfest, and you know, they tour all around the world, and people make sure to support them because they know they stood by their character and their morals and put that above the music and the industry and all of that. So to me, that's my number one favorite non-hip hop group. After that would have to be the Osley Brothers because I'm a black man. <laughs> As I just said, if you're a black man and Osley Brothers is not in your lifetime rotation, as in the most, the shit that you have out of everything. And I play Tupac and all that shit on repeat, but if Maze ain't the shit you heard and Osley Brothers ain't the shit you heard the most in your life, baby you was raised music. wrong. That's baby making music. You was raised wrong. My kids was made. You was raised wrong. Nobody want to hear. I didn't. Hey, <laughs> you was raised wrong. Next question. <laughs> Do we have some yeah, more questions? Yes. Okay. Why are you giggling in your phone? Do we have some more questions? Will Pim C slap? <laughs> yes, slap. Will Pim C slap more than half the rappers in the game today? What will Pim C think about Big Crit? We all know UGK is the goat. Well, huh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Just, well, we don't need to hear the exposition. Long, Three questions in one. Give me the well, question. Lomsky asked all these 20 questions. Just give me the question. Don't give me the exposition. Give me the question. I'm 
telling you, these are the questions. Would Pimp C slap half the rappers That's in the, the game question. today? What would Pimp C do? What would Pimp C think about Big Crit? We all know UGK is the GOAT, but are there any records or works that you and Pimp C may have second thoughts on making afterwards? All right, know. I'm gonna answer that one first. Yes, pregnant pussy. <laughs> yeah, that was a question about pregnant pussy. Pregnant pussy, that's terrible. Damn, that was a question about That's one of them questions. That's one that, that's the answer to Mr. Conright. Mr. Conright in the building. Non-blonde, I ain't mad at you. Um, yeah. Pregnant pussy and motherfucker ain't mine, which are actually solo songs by me. Um, it's records that I can't live down. I hope you've never heard those records. Please don't Google them after this. It was terrible records. Um, and what was the first one? Those are songs you regret making? The yeah, that's the songs was, I regret. Uh, <laughs> what would Pimp C slap half the new rappers in the game today? No, I don't think he would slap them. Pimp wasn't that kind of person. Pimp would literally call you and tell you, or catch you in person and tell you, my nigga, I cut for you, I respect you, but the shit you doing ain't real. Like, and, and Pimp was more a critic of the music than he was the lyrics. And if you wasn't from the South, if you was from the South, he would probably, you know, let you know about your obligation to the South. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about being physical and slapping people. That's that's hyperbole from who? Who asked that question? Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> Bomsky. Bomsky. Shout out to Bomsky. Pimp would have been like, hey man, I see what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to represent a certain way, but that ain't how we do it. I don't think that's the way you need to do it. And a nigga would have came out of his face, then yeah, Pimp might have slapped him. But Pimp wasn't always about that kind of thing. Pimp was about really giving people encouragement. Pimp was about telling people, look, this ain't right. You need to fix this so that everybody can feel your shit. Your drums ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Whoever recording your vocals, you on the wrong mic. You know what I'm saying? You taking the wrong picture, you promoting the wrong shit. Pimp wanted you to win. I don't care who you was, even if he didn't, he didn't agree with who you were and where you were going, he wanted you to win. If he was a young person coming out of certain circumstances and just trying to represent for yourself, and you, he wanted you to win. But he wasn't scared to tell you what you're doing that's causing you to lose. You know what I'm saying? Now, once you come out of your face about him or the movement of the South, or especially if you said anything about the Prince, you, you might get some, you know, might get some hands on you. Because once Pimp starts slapping, I'm punching and grabbing niggas by the ankles and slanging them up against the wall, and then we really got a situation. But how you did? How you? So you gonna be on the floor grabbing them by the ankle? Grab on what? You say you gonna grab them by the ankle. You gonna be on the floor grabbing them by the ankle? No, they gonna be on the floor. And you gonna grab them by the ankle? By the ankle and slang them up against the wall. Okay. Like bad man. That okay. type of shit. Okay. He also <laughs> wanna yeah. know what would pimp Real think talk. about Crit? I think Crit Pimp would love Crit because Crit is a producer. Yeah. And Crit has an extensive knowledge of he's you know he's one of the people that is still like digging in crates and pulling you know these loops from these obscure deep deep southern records and stuff like that like some of the stuff that he pulled out because Crit is the executive producer for a lot of the music that I'm doing right now he's the musical coordinator for me and the stuff that he produces for me some of the samples that he's pulling up I've never heard these songs in my life. But they're soul records, you know what I'm saying? So I think Pimp would have had a deep amount of respect for Pimp, uh, for Crit, based on his musical knowledge, his production style, which is his own. Um, he doesn't copy anybody else's style. He's pulling from different places, but making distinctly Southern music. 
And um, I think you would have considered creating a little brother like I do. Yeah, I, I want to add on to that too because like a really, lot of people, yeah, my bad. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> a lot, a lot of people be asking that question and shit. Like crit, like the the only, like the first person or something like that. You could take like Corey Mo, Corey Mo, make kind of like the same as as Pimp do, and mm -hmm. Pimp embraced him. You know what I'm saying? And work no, with him the but, same way. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be honest, then, not to cut you off, but there's a little bit of difference between Corey Mo and Big Crit because I can actually say that Corey Mo is a pro, a prodigy. Yeah, yeah, he's a protege. Yeah, Corey Mo was actually in the studio yeah. with us under Pimp, right? Watching Pimp, not only just, not when we just recorded verses, but actually while Pimp was creating music, right? And giving game to Corey about what what to pull from and what not to pull from and how to go about, see, think, I'm not a producer, like okay. I'm a rapper. So there's the little things that come in the process of making music, producing music and drawing inspiration from music that producers share that I don't share. And that's a bond that I think Pimp and Corey had personally. Yeah. A lot of the music that UGK recorded in our later years, whether it be my solo albums, our group album, the first song we did when Pimp came home, Here We Go Again, was recorded at Corey Mo's studio by Corey Mo. Mm -hmm. So Corey Mo has a little bit more of direct input from Pimp, like yeah. literally saying, AC Mo, you need to do this. AC Mo, you need to step your drums up. AC yeah. Mo, you need more live instrumentation in your shit. Yeah. Crit is just an amazing student. Yeah. And he's a student of UGK. He's a student of, of Swall House. He's a student of the Dungeon family. And he's a student of hip hop in general. Of the South. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All hip hop. Yeah. All hip hop. Because when we pull music from, and I don't want to give too much away, but there's a song that, that Crit produced that someone from the East Coast was like, I want to reproduce this track. And Crick was open to that, you know what I'm saying? Because he's very open-minded and understands that all these different sounds encompass what hip hop is meant to be. You know what I'm saying? If you're from the South and you only have access to Southern producers and Southern music, you should represent that, you know what I'm saying? Right. If not, then whatever it is that you can get to that represents you, you need to do that. So Southern music, should, Southern rappers, and Southern artists shouldn't just rap the Southern music if somebody like DJ Premier or DJ Quick or the Dungeon family have some, I'm not Dungeon family because they're from the South, but you know, producers from different regions have sounds and music that can help benefit you getting your sound out. You know what I'm saying? You should be open to that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. We got another question from YouTube. Uh, does UGK, 8-Ball, MJG, and Ghetto Boys get the credit they should? In the early days, no, we didn't. Um, in, in America, in the USA, a lot of times, our music was immediately received and accepted by Southern artists. But as we got, you know, social media came out and the internet came out and people who aren't from the South or aren't even from America are able to get access to the music. Artists that may have had mineral, minimal um, reception or being received by like a small amount of people in America can still go and tour in Norway, Sweden, and Czech Republic and all these other places because Southern music is not just only received by Southern people anymore. It's received by people all over the world. And when uh, say the Iron Curtain in communist countries and all these different people in all these countries around the world were finally able to get music from anywhere they wanted to get it from, they wanted it from the South. They listened to people from the hood, 
and from the projects and that because they grow up and die in circumstances. And they hear us talking about how we from the bricks and we from the hood and we coming up from certain circumstances and we able to make it and achieve our dreams and goals and shit like that. They take that as inspiration in Pakistan. They take that as inspiration in Prague, places where they don't even speak English, but phonetically they sit there in the crowd and they sing y'all rhymes. Y'all seen that shit yourself. People that would be in the crowd and be singing a song and then you talk to them after the show. They don't speak no like, English. They speak no English. I, um, trying to figure out a way to say it, but they yeah. in the front row of the show. Every word. Saying every no, word, every you know. Word. But I can sing Despacito too, so I guess that's kind of, it's, it's just kind of what it is, you know what I'm saying? You, you got, got any more questions? What you, you got, got over there? What you got on the list? Right? Turn. I mean, you got a bunch of them right there. So. I know it's a, oh, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Quint. Disagreement. Nope. Y'all relationship was tight. Yeah. Or did y'all start going separate ways? No, I wouldn't say we went separate ways at all. We never. There's a long period of time where Pimp and I didn't live in the same city. Um, but we didn't need to. I knew who Pimp was. He knew who I was. We were on the same page as far as the dynamic between him and myself. And everybody didn't understand that situation. And because of the fact that we, we were different people that lived different lives with different people, people felt like we were, other people that didn't understand that dynamic, felt that we were further separated from each other than we really were. The reality was, is after so many years of being around each other, knowing each other, I didn't have to be around Pimp every day to know who Pimp was. Pimp didn't have to be around me every day to know who I was. And you know that they can hear y'all, right? Like y'all not, they can hear y'all. No matter how much you think you whisper, they can hear y'all, so just know that. Words, I'm talking about eyelashes, is that? No, I'm telling him I can fix my eyelashes. I can't talk about what I'm talking about when I keep hearing eyelashes two feet away from me. Y'all are really interrupting. Y'all y'all the main one asking these questions, and then when I ask them, y'all interrupt the damn answers. Basically, y'all was more But no, we didn't really grow apart in that sense, and there was a time where and, and again, we didn't agree on, on on our personal decision. There were things that I did in my personal life that wasn't what Pimp would do. I made choices that Pimp wouldn't make, and likewise. But I never held his choices against him. He never held my choices against me. And outside of everybody that was, because UGK was a very, you know, we were, you know, we were family men. We had friends. It was a business. We had separate businesses. So there were extensive people in our individual circles that didn't see things eye to eye. But Pimp and I saw things eye to eye. And because of that, that bond never broke. You know what I'm saying? And I can always say that every night that Mon and Ch Chad went to sleep, well, y'all called him Pimp C, I called him Chad. Before they went to sleep, this was the first two guys I ever heard tell each other I love you well, every brother. night before they went to sleep right it's a brother thing right but every bro every 
brother, now, every man don't, don't say that. I don't get along with my blood brothers, but that's an unconditional. But brother. I actually she heard them say love that. Pimp was a choice. No matter you know what, what people say, Pimp and Chad talked every night before they. Oh shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> them two, them two in bond, they talked every night before they went to sleep and said, I love you. No matter what. Aww. Before they closed their eyes, they said, I love you. Fuck teacher. you. You just bang it out. I'll tell you I love you. Yeah, I know you. Oh, yeah, he told me you love me before. Not every night. Not every night. That nigga told me you love me. It took me like, I was like, wait, these are two males. And yeah. they're saying, I love you. That's love. I don't know how to take this. What is going on here? It was, you know what it was? Because when Pac died, we realized that we, when Pac died, we didn't know what the was coming to. When Tupac died, me and Pimp were in LA doing promo. Um, on the same day, all uh, Def Jam artists was in LA because Richie Rich, who was actually Tupac's cousin from the Bay Area, had just got signed to, to, to Def Jam and was doing his release party in LA. So all the East Coast, they can still hear you because you cannot whisper good, just so you know. Um, all the East Coast Def Jam artists, a lot of them, like Method Man and all of them, was, and Red Man and all of them, were in LA for the party. Red Man and I were staying in the same hotel. I mean, not Red Man, I'm sorry, Method Man and I. Can y'all, every time I try to tell the story, you niggas got your own life going. Y'all listen. 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 We already know. Listen. We already know. We know the story. We know the story. Y'all go to hell. Red man. So y'all just gonna talk on y'all. Walk off the set if y'all want to. Hey, that's what you trying to do. Y'all the main motherfucker. That's what I'm trying to do. I got to sprinkle. You can go pee. Go pee. You did it before. Knock yourself out. Y'all talked about shit all day. Why not piss? But, um. So we were all in the same, Method Man and us were all in the same hotel. So when we came back from doing promo, Method Man was in the lobby. We told him, hey man, we got some weed, let's go smoke in the van. We went in the van listening to LA radio, and then they, they literally stopped the music and was like, yo, we sorry, because Pac had got shot in Vegas maybe three days before we got to LA. And um, they broke everything on the radio, it was like, yo, we sorry to announce Tupac has just passed away. And Daz was on the phone, and Daz was like crying, and you know, Met started crying because Met the Man was, you know, had just done a song with Pac on the All Eyes on Me double album, you know what I'm saying? And you know, we was crying from our personal connection to the music and the movement. Met the Man was crying because that was his homeboy, that was his friend, you know what I'm saying? And it was just a, it was just a very, very real moment, you know what I'm saying? Because Rappers to the people were invincible and untouchable. And when Pop got killed, it, it made everything real and it brought the reality of the streets and the hood that a lot of us had grown up in and learned to deal and move in, realized that just because we rapping and we doing this and people like our records and they, you know, they say we jamming and all of that, that don't mean that it ain't still people that don't like you and there's people that actually don't want to see you succeed you know what i'm saying yeah it was a i, I got one real thing eye opening i got one thing moment. before we go to the to the audience and, and, you know what i'm saying but yeah. i want you to tell the people i i know it already i want you to tell the people what <clears throat> what tupac meant to pimp c so pimp had, it is i think it, it's just a very deep story the easiest way to tell it is uh, pimp had a picture of pac on his wall 
And if you ask Pip a question, Pip wouldn't answer you offhand. Pip would look at you, he'd look up for a minute, and then he'd look at the picture of Pac on the wall. And he'd stare at it for a minute. He wouldn't say shit to you. And then he'd give you an answer, be like, what, what was that about? Nigga, I was asking Pac what he would do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I remember when I called him about, you know, like we, because when Jay-Z first called about getting on Big Pimpin', first off, we thought it was a joke call, because how did this nigga get our number? Turns out Chaka Zulu from uh, Disturbing the Peace, Chaka Zulu is um, manager of Ludacris. And um, that's how he ended up getting the number. You know, Clark Kent was the person that kind of put him on the UGK, but in order to get in touch with us, he had to kind of go through Chaka. And so when he called, you know, it was like, I was, it was, and it came from like a unknown number. So I was like, yo, who this? Yo, this, this Jay. Jay who? It's Jay-Z. Yeah, right, click, I hung up the phone. We were literally in, on Bel Air and, I wanna say Bel Air and Hillcroft, in front of like a, a five yes. fish, like a, Fiesta had a restaurant that you can get food from. Yes, it's out of town, so shout out to the dub. <laughs> And um, but we was there getting some fried food, getting ready to go out of town. And he was like, "Who was that?" I was like, "I don't know, somebody playing like that with Jay Z." And then he called back, and he talked in that Jay Z tone that only Jay Z has. And I was like, "Yo, what's that nigga Jay Z?" Like, what did Pimp was like? What he want? Because Jay Z had actually already reached out to Pimp. Most people don't know this. Pimp C was supposed to be on just a week ago, but Pimp wouldn't. Jay-Z, it was in the middle of the East Coast, West Coast beat. So Pimp was like, he had just bought a new house. He had a full functioning recording studio in the house. And he was like, shit, if you want to do the song, just come to Atlanta and we'll do the record. He was like, yeah, I ain't leaving New York right now. Pimp was like, well, shit, I ain't leaving this off right now. I guess we ain't gonna do it. And so it came back around with Big Pimpin'. And um, it was just a very funny moment. We actually kind of like put the phone on speaker. It was just listening to him talking about he wanted to do a new record. and. You know, we was like, well, shit, we'll, we'll see what's up. And then I ended up going to New York first and doing a record with them. And then coming back, and Pimp didn't want to do the record. You know what I'm saying? I remember that. But that, again, that's, some, that's a whole <laughs> other story. We'll come back to that another day. We got some more questions over here? We writing shit on the little block. <clears throat> How did the deal with Diamond Supply happen? Um, Nicky Diamonds is a dude that Shout out, Nikki. I got introduced to by meeting who I like to call the Fairfax crew. A lot of the brands that we see people all over the world wearing. Word? Save some for me, how about that? They started in Los Angeles, so like people like, you know, the Hundreds, people like Diamond Supply, you know, the, the, the second Fight Club store that wasn't in New York was in LA. And I got to know a lot of the Fairfax crew the way I got introduced to the Fairfax crew was through Joey Castillo, High Def Media. Joey. Shout out to Joey. Congratulations on having a little girl. Uh, well, a little girl on the way. She's not here yet, but he's finna have a baby. Joey's about to have yeah. a baby. Wow. You know what I'm saying? But Joey was a guy that Joey and Chase Infinite were people from LA's, not just hip hop scene, but also from the streetwear and you know, lifestyle culture. 
and they were like, yo, you need to go and meet these dudes. I, my actual first clothing collaboration, most people don't even remember it because it was very small and very limited, was with Soul Assassins. And Chase was the guy that was doing a lot of this stuff with Mugs, shout out DJ Mugs. That's also who brought me on Gumball. That's another story, we'll come back to that um, later. But that's who kind of um, brought me over to the clothing life and Joey kind of ingratiated me in the scene. He brought me to Echo and met with Chris Barnett, who's part owner of A-Life now. He was working for Echo at the time. But, you know, Undefeated was on um, Fairfax at the time. And um, just getting to know people around that era. I remember when, um, what's his name, Jonah Hill, the actor? Jonah Hill actually lived, like, across the street, like, in, these, in the house right behind um, Hundreds. And you would see, like, um, Tyler and Undefeated, I mean, um, all future guys, like, part of the little skaters that would be around in that area at the time. And just getting to know a lot of those people, by knowing the hundreds, I got to know who Black Scale was. By knowing Black Scale, I got to know who other brands were. And getting ingratiated with the skater crew from Fairfax, got to know Nikki. Nikki had just done the Wiz collabo. He had done the Currency collabo. And while when I met him was in the middle of him doing, a lot of people don't even remember that there was a Maybach Music collabo with Diamond Supply. You know what I'm saying? But that was something that was literally only on the West Coast and only online. And I knew all these people just as guys, because Nikki started initially in the girl skateboards office, and then initially, and then eventually came over to the Fairfax crew. And um, I would get clothes from those dudes, and then come back to Houston and wear the shit, wear the pictures, wear the videos, and wear the interviews and stuff like that. And people would ask what that stuff was, and I would say what it was. But this was like right before, you know, people were really starting to shop online. And so when Hypebeast, I mean not Hypebeast, um, Carmeloop, Carmeloop came around and um, they were the people that really took um, internet lifestyle shopping by storm. So Carmeloop was selling more diamond supply than diamond supply was. They were selling more crooks than crooks was. They were selling more hundreds. They were selling more of a lifestyle brand because they were the first people to get their internet shit going first. You know what I'm saying? So all of that stuff was happening, and then at the same time, the Sneaker Summit here in Houston was starting to grow. The Sneaker Summit in Houston literally started in an internet cafe with like, you know, a dozen people. And then it started to grow exponentially, you know what I'm saying? So as the summit started to grow, our, really? Y'all just have your own, that's, that's why I say this is y'all's show, because y'all have your own conversations. I'm just a side man. As the sneaky storm started to grow, and shout out to, to Chris from Crooks and Castle, because he was one of the first people to believe in the sneaker summit on a national level. He came and brought his brands like, y'all doing something different in the South, lifestyle-wise. We want to collaborate with y'all. And then eventually, that grew into the Diamond Supply Collabo, and you know, to collaborations that I do with people all over the world. Now, I talk to people like Futura now, we talk about doing stuff. and. That kind of helped, you know, Houston be a part of the lifestyle movement that was starting to grow around the country as these brands expanded. Because of my affiliation with the brands, we were a part of the early extension of people moving out of the LA Fairfax culture and spreading their brands out across America and eventually around the world. You know, you know a lot of these brands are million dollar brands now. 
Christian Castle founders are millionaires. Though. You know, I'm sure they may not want me to talk about that, but they ride around in Ferraris and Lambos all the time. <laughs> Nicky Diamonds is, is absolutely a millionaire, you know. Shout out to Jonas uh, from LRG. Jonas was the founder of, of LRG. He was one of the, the brands from that movement that actually was able to blow up nationwide, get the big di distribution deal. And um, he was actually the sponsor. Like the first tour bus I ever got in for Two Trio album was sponsored by Jonas and LRG and, and Woody. You Woody. Shout out to Woody. Woody Woody has his own brand now, Oyster Holdings. Like for, yeah, for Oyster Perpetual people, like people with Oyster Rolexes that travel a lot of time. He decided to make high-end gear for people that travel. So some fly shit that you can wear on the plane so that when you're getting off the plane, you look like you're supposed to look. Oh shit. Yeah. Shout out to Woody. Woody was Woody was instrumental in helping us get this trill movement out in the world. And shout out to to Omar from Rap a Lot Records, cause and Omar and I, Omar and I commit, connected me with Yanni, the owner of Miskeen. I would not have ever gone to a magic convention. I would not have ever have met people like Jonas and people like Joey and guys like that to understand what lifestyle marketing and all that shit is about, and literally give me an understanding of not just about shopping about clothes, but about making clothes, selling clothes, distributing clothes, and that's why we have a decent merch game now. That's crazy because I was just with Omar the other day and we was talking and I didn't know this. He told me that about the Mesquite thing, whatever yeah, that no. is. Because he, he been chilling so much now and he said, man, I'm gonna come back and you know what I'm saying? He I'm should, he should, because he's that's one of the people that- But he been in one school. Billy in the Super Bowl. Because of Mesquite? Yeah. I told you that. Detail but anyway, next, next question. question is. Okay then. What artist today do you think reflects UGK's legacy? That's from you, Truck, and me. No, who's asking the question? Uh, Todd D Real un, Todd underscore D. We got to bring glasses to the podcast. You got to bring the real talk. Talk. No, the real talk. D. No, real. D, the, like, yeah. the, like the alphabet D. You know what I'm saying? D, real talk. I yeah. think it's different artists that, like, yeah, say, I like, think. you say, like, a, a Killer Mike. I think Killer Mike is an artist in the vein of Bun B, right? I think Big yeah. Crit is an artist in the vein of UGK. I think Kevin Gates is an artist that's in the vein of a Pimp C. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of artists, that I think 2 Chains is, you know, has a Pimp C mentality. He's very fly. You know what I'm saying? Very flamboyant, but very loyal, right? Like he's very loyal to his team, his family. You know, he's very focused in a certain kind of way. Um, I think a person like Gucci Mane is in the is in the vein of UGK because he's not trying to dress up what he does for anybody. You either fuck with it or you don't. But at the same time, he embraces his flaws and he's not ashamed to talk about his mistakes. And that's something that is very, very much influenced by Pimp C, you know what I'm saying? I think Pimp C was one of the first people in, from the South to ever get, you know, a major fame based on being a very flamboyant, outspoken kind of person, but wasn't afraid to pull the curtains back on the wizard, so to speak, you know what I'm saying? But those are the artists that I feel like really, really kind of carry what we represent. Now, there are other artists in the same vein as UGK in terms of me and Pimp, like, I think there's a very close affiliation with, with UGK 
and like a mob deep and like EPMD because of the fact that you can put UGK, just me and Pimp in the studio, we can get you an album. We don't need no other producers, we don't need no other writers. We, me and him, can bring you a full album. That was something that that EPMD could do because Eric Sherman was making the beats and they were writing all the rhymes. And I think it's also something that Mob Deep was able to do because Habit was making a large portion of the beats and they were writing all the rhymes, you know what I'm saying? Now, of course, people like Alchemist came in and added to the Mob Deep sound, but as far as being a self-sufficient group, like, we ain't need nobody writing no hooks for us, writing no verses and making no beats for us. Me and Pimp could get the job done just us. You know what I'm saying? And we took that from other people that we felt like could do the same thing. What was that shush about? <laughs> How you gonna shush me in the middle of this shit? I wanna say Kevin Gates and Crit. I wanna You wanna go back to the other question. No. Not that question. That's the same question. I said it was between me, you, and Truck. I would say Kevin Gates will be Pimp C. Yeah, us. See, he was saying, he thought you were saying the question I was is, just is talking from. to him, though. I was talking to us. Okay, yep. But my thing, my answer would be yeah, Kevin Gates and Crick. Question My answer go to yeah, He gonna end it and you in that truck. <laughs> you made a big argument. My question is, I mean, my answer is. Um, I like, I like, I like, the, I like the, the um, Killer Mike. But it had to be three though. Like I would say, Killer Mike. It had to be three. No, I was two. Because I said Killer Killer Mike and, and Crit, but then I that said was a loud number two. I don't mean a loud. I didn't do a number two. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you, did, you did a very loud number two. <laughs> that's it. Oh, I was like, I'm checking like a moment. Yeah, that's it. If y'all watching on YouTube, don't be scared to ask some more questions too. <laughs> This episode been long as a motherfucker. But look, we gotta answer questions to the crowd. One more question no, to Peach. This nigga here. This, this, this nigga over here. What's your people? Oh, uh, yeah, Killer Mike, Killer, Killer Mike, and uh, Big Crit. Okay, we close. That's what y'all did. I had already said. But I said, I'm outside. I'm out of the way. Wait, 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 we're recording live tonight. We have a minimal studio audience, and we want to ask that if one of the people the <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. That ain't got shit to do with nothing. Why? Why? God. Why? We have people in the Hey, Y'all get out the way, nigga. That nigga over there sitting there. Let us let the person. This thing right here. Everybody in the crowd had a question. What do you have? What you got, Cliff? Come on up. Come on up. Come on now. We ain't. We, this ain't done. You been trying to get here? This ain't done. This ain't done. You ain't walking down the aisle. Y'all watch that nigga while he put his chest up. Tell people your name, where you coming from, and how country you are. Navasota, Texas. Man, Chuck Tutrill, Acres Home Original. Navasota Raiders. Navasota. Navasota What's your question? My question is. Nobody care about you, Yeah, but hey, my question is, what artists that really stood out for all you have, all the artists that you ever worked with that stood out that impressed you 
with their rap skills. His wife. You don't rap. <laughs> rap skills. You don't know what I do at night time. <laughs> I say you don't know it's what nighttime. I do. It's nighttime right now. It's nighttime now. Do. You don't rap. But you don't know what I do. I at know. Nighttime. I know you don't rap. I know what you do at nighttime. You don't know what. How I long I've been night. knowing you? I didn't, it don't have to be right. So your answer to this man question. So your answer to his question is you. Out of all the people you UGK work with on the song, it's jazz is you. I just want to know. I just want to hear you disrespect all the great artists that we work with. Over all these years, to say that you were better than all of them. Who? No, the question. Everybody, because he asked. Basically, you say you better than everybody you should care to work with. No. Rapping and rapping. No, no, it's too late to no, say I no. I said myself. Yeah, you. I'm you. talking about myself. I told you, I you didn't know what I did after dark. But before that, what you said. You. I said you didn't know what I did. Before I said that, me. Yeah. yeah. Now that you know. So that means you better. Can we move past yeah. this moment? Now that you know. I didn't know what I did before after that. Before that, you said it was what you as the answer. Get you better than everybody. He asked, no. who, he asked who was the fakest, and you said you. <laughs> That's what you I'm did for jumping out the window before I'm you heard the question. But you answered the question. <laughs> you answered the question with you and not even knowing what the question is. Okay, what is that? The man asked, who do we think was the best artist that we worked with as a group over all the years and all the songs and all the projects? He asked me who I thought was the best artist, oh, and yeah, you I'm decided to say. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's good to know that now. <laughs> After you didn't answer the damn question, it's good to know that now. Okay, okay. I think it's real easy for me to say Pimp. You know what I'm saying? It's obviously, but Pimp wouldn't be the best. But you. I was that, it, that's that's true. That's what he would say about me. You know what I'm saying? Now we work with a lot of great, talented people in our time. Some of them you never heard of, people like the X Mob and groups like that, and all the way up to the most popular people in the game, like a Jay Z. But for me, and I know obviously I'm partial to the shit, but I don't know anybody that was more of a well rounded, fully talented artist than Pimp. Some people are really good at producing, some people are really good at writing, some people are really good at hooks and shit like that, but he was really good at all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And if you would ask him, he'd be like, put money on it. You know what I'm saying? Bun be the best. It's a line under that. And I got money on that shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Was, always was your, say he got money your, on you. your number one fan. And, and it was that dynamic between us of us looking at each other like, like as a group UGK, we wasn't really stuck on ourselves. The right. thing that made UGK great was the fact that I could sit back in the studio for the first part of the music, which would be him producing and you know laying the beat out, tracking everything out of it. Man, this young dude is so talented with this music shit. And then the second half would be the actual writing of the songs and all of that. And he would have so much faith and confidence in me. You know what I'm saying? So I would be around people, and no matter how great they were at what they did, to me they wasn't better than Pimp at it. You know, a lot of people that made amazing music, you know, had amazing hooks, could sing and all of that, but none of them was really the full package to me except Pimp. And I, you know, I've heard him say on several occasions the same thing about me, you know what I'm saying? So the yeah. beautiful thing about us is that we were huge fans of each other. And we thought yeah. we were the best shit going. That was all we needed to, to go forth and do what we did and represent how we represented because we had 
full faith in each other. I never thought I was gonna make a record, but I knew Pimp was gonna make a record when we was young. So I was like, I'ma just stick with this nigga. You know what I wanna and do? Whenever he make a record, I'ma be right there with his ass on that motherfucker. And it actually happened. Now you two silly side talking motherfuckers. Now, now you know what I wanna do before we go? I wanna, I want, I want each of us to tell a, a funny Pimp story. When we gonna do it like a funeral, we got two minutes. Oh, we gonna cry and shit? No, I'm, no, 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 no. Like a, I said, a funny story. No, I'm so talking. I guess Q, you the pastor to tell me. Hey, no, basically, basically, Q, you, like, if we start talking too long, be like, stop, do you play the, 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 the Okay, this is my story. All right, bam. Well, no, no, Mr. Smart Idea gotta go first. Oh, yeah, me? you. You're yeah. sharp as ass. <laughs> you. Check this out. I mean, y'all don't know. I met the nigga Pimp before I met the nigga Bun, right? You know what I'm saying? We didn't know that. I, I swear, wait. I thought. That's funny because met... I met Pimp before I met you. <laughs> For real, huh? This is how it's And I met Pimp before. You got something in common. Look at that. Yeah, that was it. But look, though. Wait, I thought you met. I thought you met Pimp when Tilt was shooting the. Oh, for real. Let that man but tell you the story. Up on us like yeah, you I didn't know y'all. I didn't know y'all then. Remember? Oh, for real? If you let him tell his story, we'll learn. You know, I don't know because, you know, which collar was over there. God damn, you took it. You know, I met him right after this. Yeah. But, see, but that was my first time meeting y'all then. Yeah, but when I seen you, I thought that was the first time you was a woman. Nah, I didn't mention the rule. Come on, tell the story, Pim. Okay, tell the story. Uh, <clears throat> Damn, let me see which one I got. Fuck, I wanted y'all to go it first. It was your goddamn <laughs> idea. All right, let me see. Monkey. Yeah, I forgot what I was, I was about to say. say. Huh? You got time, though, because my whole head for me. All right, think. look. Let me think, let me think. All right, boom. Lord, have mercy. Like, we was in, uh, we was in Cincinnati and shit, and we had like a, we had like a, uh, we had a show. We had a show out there in Cincinnati. Now, nah, boom! I got another look. Was I that? Look, I got right, this man. I got a whole one. Look, boom! Look, I right, was in Cincinnati. We had a show. It was like UGK and then um, like Face and Devin and all that shit, whatever like that. So, so like, we got there real early. You was there. I think you got there early because you complained and shit. But look, as so we, usual. As usual. But we got there early. You know what I'm saying? So they had to move the concert from outside to inside. So. You know, oh, we was there earlier, so but they was like, I think, I think facing them was already going on and shit like that. But they were rushing pimp to get there because boom, we was already there earlier, so they were rushing that nigga to get there. So you remember we was in the dressing room just chilling, and all we heard was pimp outside like cussing the nigga, bitch ass nigga, rushing me and shit, whole ass nigga, da, 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 got me taking whole baths and all that shit, whatever like that. So. <laughs> Like we inside the building, like, like we inside right here. We hear the nigga like outside. The door closed every day. So why you talking? That nigga boy looked at me like, man, go see what that nigga doing now. You know what I'm saying? So I go out there. As soon as I go out there, me and Bone go out there. We go out there. He going, he going off on the promoter because the promoter rushed him to get there. And then when he got there, we still had to wait for two more people to go on before we perform. So boom, he going off on a nigga saying shit. I was saying, you got me rushing me and shit. Y'all niggas ain't ready. And then y'all niggas ain't, ain't got the bread and nothing. Y'all niggas fucking up the bread and nothing. Got me taking whole baths and other other. He said, now what I'm going to do is, like we came out, he looked at me and Bone. He like, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to go in this motherfucker. I'm going to shut this bitch down. I'm going to holler at my motherfucking nigga truck. I'm going to holler at Bone. And I'm going to go holler at my, my brother, my big brother, Bum B, nigga. And if you got a problem with it, nigga. So, you know, he was saying some crazy shit with her like that. And then he like, and he said, he was just like, like, all right, now come on. And then he just walked, he just walked towards the nigga. So I hit him, I'm like, damn, what's up, what's up, what's going on? He was like, 
ain't that dark. I ain't that serious. I just like talking to these whole ass niggas like this. <laughs> yeah, like, like he was just like his face is bad. He was just mad to the motherfucker, mad, mad, mad. And then when he got when he got close to us, when he got close to us, he was just like, I'm like, damn, what's like, what's up, dude? Like, what's going on? You know, he was like, hey, ain't nothing worry about this shit. I just like talking to whole ass niggas like that. That's like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what what be we in? We been holiday people walking in, he's walking in as soon as he see fun. What's up, baby? <laughs> but like, what's up? He's like, I ain't that, that ain't that like that. So boom, that's one. Boom, I got another. I'm quick with mine though. Look. Cause I don't have funny stories. I have serious stories. Man, I wish. Man, I wish I had my phone. I wish I had my phone. I wish I had my phone though. But like, man, I remember after he did the interview, the Atlanta interview and shit. You know what I'm saying? I was. This second story is for you. I was at um Club Blue on Gelsner 59, whatever like that. So he called me. And my shit was, he, went to, he left a mess on my machine. And he was, you know what I'm saying? And I hit him, I was like, hey, Pim, what's up? He, he was like, where you at? Like, where you at? I was like, I'm in the club right now. I'm gonna hit you at two o'clock. He was like, all right, make sure you hit me. So boom, I hit the nigga and shit after I left. I still, man. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was old than motherfucker. <laughs> so I hit the nigga that we stayed on the phone to about like, from like two, since I was when I walked out of Club Blue from two o'clock all the way to like six in the morning talking. And he was just like, he on his MIA machine, he was like, Sure, check this out, man. Whole ass nigga think I'm, I'm tripping and shit, man. Man, let me tell you something. 70% of Atlanta dying with me. The other 30% can eat a dick, nigga. Know what I'm talking about? Because they'll say, you know, I'm a ride with. I'm a read this cut that's going off or whatever like that. He was like, man, and hit me back, nigga. Know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so when I called him, we just talking, just chopping it up, chopping it up, talking about, talking about that. Him and Bun, we can and shit like that, whatever like that. Yeah. I call everybody weekend. You know weekends, my weekends, his weekends, everybody weekend. Y'all weekends out there. That's how I talk. That's my language. Like, you know, whole ass and all that shit, whatever. Okay. So we just talking this shit with her like this. So I would tell a nigga like, man, like, hey, like pimp, like <clears throat> said something like it about some shows or something, whatever like that. I like, mean, like, you, you, you can't be fucking up the money, dog. Like, we gotta, we gotta get these shows, nigga. That's how I get paid. I was like, nigga, I said, <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, Man, you know, because you know we had separate crews, and no, and, and people out there that know, you know, Bond had his crew, Pimp had his crew, and all like that. And Pimp crew, they had more access to different things. They had like DVD. It was like all them niggas grinding DVD, CD. They selling everything. We was on the road doing UGK shows. So I was like, man, man, let me. I need some of that shit, nigga. Like when I'm out here in these streets, nigga, I'm I'm the nigga out here ripping UGK. You know, everybody else out of town, put all. I'm the only nigga in Houston, UGK, with all like that. So. I met the nigga at the mile the next day and shit. I run this whole ass nigga over here to my left with Chuck. me. No, not Chuck. We can't. Oh, he was a baby. Yeah, man. he was a baby. But that, but that's another story to that though. But anyway, okay. we met the nigga at the gallery and shit. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, I got, I got something for, I got something for you. Like, you get these hoes and sell them. Chuck, so, you got a great hair. Yeah, it's one long right here. Yeah, I be putting on the house sometimes. Look, so boom, he, he was like, he was like, look here, I got something for you. He, he popped the trunk and shit. And the whole they gave me like one DVD. The way he was talking on the phone, like, I got you, I got you. Just come to the gallery tomorrow, I'll meet you at the gallery. So, boy, I'm crunk. We go to the gallery. I think the nigga finna give me all those CDs or something. I can hustle or something. Then when he see me, he came out there, mother, I got something. He popped the trunk, put his shit in the trunk. So, I got something, man. You can make some bread. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bet. That nigga digging that box. I think he had a few of them bitches in there. You know what I'm saying? He could have gave it like five or ten of them, man. And he gave me one of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, you are. Right. Get your money, baby. <laughs> like, it's better than a motherfucker now, but back then I was like, 
all like Bobby, I'd take it, uh, you know, it's all good. I'll rub your stories. Go ahead, Queenie. Wait, I got it. You ain't even ready. Yeah, her story is serious. All right, story number three. We're supposed to be telling a funny story. A funny story, okay. No. All my stories are serious. Probably all that shit. Wait, let me see. What happened to get here for the crying shit? Like, no, I'm not gonna make a, a story to cry or anything. Right. But get off into no deep ass serious shit. We try to go leave out. You want that nigga no, to go first? No, because I don't need nobody stealing my book stores. You want that nigga to go for you? So you can think yeah, about it. Yeah, so I can think about it. Stop. She's not gonna go. I'm. I'm gonna go, and she's still not gonna go. I know how this ends. I don't know how funny it is. It might be funny to y'all. We had a show in Lake Charles. And um, we went to the sound check. And we could tell that the sound wasn't going to be good at the show. But we were trying to be cool with everything and try to still do everything anyway. As a matter of fact, it wasn't Lake Charles in Lafayette. And we did the sound check. We was like, the sound ain't right. Hopefully, they're going to make it right. And promote like, yeah, we're going to have it right for the show. And then we got on the sh on stage when it was showtime. We did like two songs. And people were like, man, this is my whole ass sound. This shit ain't jamming. It ain't our motherfucking fault. Because people go to concerts, they don't know who provides the sound, who do the mics. They don't know none of that shit. They think if shit don't sound right, it's your fault. So people was like, man, this ain't our motherfucking fault, man. We told the promoter to get this sound and get this. And this nigga ain't get this shit. That nigga whole ass nigga, man, we got to go. And so the show was over after like two songs. So we go in the back in the little dressing room area, which ain't really a dressing room. It's really like the office and just the back room of the club. Because again, we ain't laughing yet. And the nigga come in and the nigga got the club security with him. Now we had already talked to the club security earlier. And I realized that the head of security was like a multiple black belt. <laughs> Everybody that was security was at least one black belt. <laughs> but the nigga was super disciplined, right? So he wasn't no, we whoop y'all ass. We know karate type do you know it's We disciplined with that. We only fight when provoked. So the promoter come in and he got a security with him. And it's probably like six people with us. Now granted, one of them is Mun, who is three niggas by himself. But then we got Pim Mama back there too. So then come in with like eight, nine of the people in security and the head of security and all that. Woo -woo. That shit, man, you can't be talking about me and my club and woo-woo, man. And, and Pim was like, nigga, fuck you and fuck your club, nigga. We'll whoop y'all in this hole. <laughs> and like as soon as he said that shit, all the black belt niggas went to like a, a, a stance. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at this nigga like, man, it's gonna take two niggas just to protect your mama, so the other four niggas got to fight all these karate niggas in there. <laughs> but again, the nigga was disciplined, so Pim talking shit, the other nigga talking shit. We agreed to disagree and end up turning into, well, we'll come back. You do the sound like you like we told you to do it, we'll come back and do the show. And we getting them goddamn limousine and we leave the club. And people like, ah, nigga, that shit was cool. I said, man, pull this motherfucker. <laughs> pull this motherfucker over right, right there in that shell station, right there. And I pull him out there, I say, man, you gonna do this type of shit? 
And your mom in the club, man, them niggas wasn't gonna do nothing, man. Them niggas, niggas discipline, nigga. Them niggas black boys. Black boys don't do, they don't do shit unless you throw something at them. I can talk shit all day, but unless we swing on one of them niggas, they ain't gonna do nothing. So, man, don't you ever <laughs> talk shit to no goddamn me black belt niggas, 10 deep in no club. And you know we got to say, well, you just going to have mud. All of them going to jump on mud back. That's all they're going to do. That's, okay. that's about as funny as it got for me because a lot of shit got real. We had a, a million scenarios like that. Okay, my story is when I first met Vaughn, okay, he told me to come, he told me and my friends to come Strawberries in Lafayette, right? So they had a concert. So I helped. Four friends. I don't do new friends. I have the same four friends. They still your friends now? Yeah, they still my friends now. So, Strawberries is crowded because it's the Crawfish Festival, right? It's the after party. So, my friends, they so excited that these rappers is on the stage and this and that, and I'm standing back like this. So they're like, come on, come on. So Bond directing us to come to the stage. So I'm laying back, right? I'm starting pulling back like, I don't want to go on the stage. I don't want to go on the stage. So my friends, Mon, Big Mon, 6'5", 6'10", six, 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 whatever. He dropped the rope down for them to cross over the rope. So I stay on the opposite side of the rope. So Pim, <laughs> Pimp say, who these hoes is on this? <laughs> I said, oh shit, I'm glad I didn't go on the stage. They like, Montana, it's cool. He go up to Pimp, he, they break down in the middle of the song and explain to, he explained it to Pimp like, they with such a, this is, you know, it's the broad I'm trying to highlight. That's her people. <laughs> oh, that's your, oh, that's your like broad on stage? No, well, she's not on stage. All my friends on the other people. side of the rope. I'm on the opposite side of the rope with the with the regular people. I'm on the other side of the rope like this, shaking, cause pimp cussing them out and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. They was looking at each other like, why the fuck he really? Tell us my homegirls really wanted to beat him up, but. <laughs> But you know, Bond saved them, but I never did cross that rope. <laughs> so you weren't bopping? No, I wasn't no bopping. But you jumped the broom, though. I jumped the no. You jumped that motherfucker. No, I ain't jumped the broom. You jumped the broom, you mean? I ain't jumped the broom. We ain't jumped the brooms. Do we jump the broom? No, but I can't. And you know, we argue about this all the time. I carried you in that room. You act like no, I carried you in you that room. No, you did not carry me in the room. I no, carried you. Didn't. I crossed the I threshold. I had my two nieces with me. I know for a fact you did not carry me. Maybe I carried one of them. No, you didn't carry them because I put them tired. in the bathtub and bathed them. You did not carry yeah, me. I went around the for that. I'm still waiting for you to pick my heavy ass up and carry me across the stretch. Oh, lose some weight or get me in shape. Oh, this is all out of the two, huh? You got to pick your poison on that one. But that's the but last question. I have question. a lot of Pimpsy stories, but I'm, I'm saving for my book. So I guess that's going to be the last question we're asking tonight. We want to thank everybody that tuned in tonight. It's probably only three or four people still on YouTube right now. Got a dub. You got a dub. I'll take a dub. What dub? Two? Twenty. Twenty. Oh. I appreciate y'all, you know, staying, staying logged in and... <laughs> I hope this is entertaining for the people that get to see this later. That's dope. It nice. Don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, okay. We got it.
I'm yeah. from the hood, and I don't know what a dub is. You didn't understand Somebody what snitching was. We had to break that down all the way. Shout out to all my gladiators on lock. Yeah, maybe. Shout it. out to all <laughs> the third waters. All right, shout out to, shout out to Big Third. Help you pull through. And assault Parkers. Help you pull through. Yo, shout Big out third. to the um to the Port Arthur Memorial Titans. They get ready for the state. state. You know shout what I'm out to How you J wait, wait. Y High. Even though we're not going to stay. So Port Arthur can advance. We lost, but it's okay. Shout out to Wizard High School. We always win the basketball championship. But Port Arthur got it this year, even though they're in different Well, we all always stay. But shout out to Third High. Oh, if you hate no Port Arthur. More people been to the Super Bowl from Port Arthur than any other city in America. It don't matter because. It don't? No. Because well, no, uh, this podcast is over. That's <laughs> that's it don't matter because it's H-Town run by J.Y. High. Oh. They just ain't Ward State. They can run Houston, but they ain't won't run the state. Man, we got n- nothing to do past I-10 and 610 or the Beltway. We'll take it from that. 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 For life. Oh, that's the camera right there. There we go. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the True Talk Podcast. It's still PA Peace. proud out here. We'll holler at y'all later. Peace. Oh, and uh, we love y'all. Thank y'all. Peace. Go buy the album. Go buy the fucking single, goddammit. Know what I'm saying? On iTunes. Know what I'm saying? Stream it everywhere. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? It's got to be like one of them.